By the time you hear this podcast, one of us might go solo. To, by the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with another episode. Um, thank you to everyone who has been listening so far. Thank you to everyone who is watching on Facebook Live or will watch the replay later. Um, if you want to know uh, kind of what you're listening to and where you can find more of it, uh, this is a music podcast where we discuss it from mostly an historical perspective or an analytical perspective. Um, and if you want to tell people where we can be found, uh, several different ways. One is our website by the time you hear this.com. 
that is spelled with the word U. That's also the same spelling for our Facebook page, especially if you're watching on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. If you want to follow us on Instagram, uh, our, or the more sophisticated social media, <laughs> we're at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. And that's the same spelling for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com. And if you want to listen to us on the go, many different ways in which you can listen iTunes, well, Podomatic, of course, uh, but iTunes, AKA Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Castbox, Central Podcast Player, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and Auto Radio. And any other aggregate podcast apps that yeah. are given away for absolutely free. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, give me just a second while I adjust my mic here. Don't need to. Uh, they'll hear all that anyway. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, let's get into some music news, man. I'm excited to discuss this, the, the, the topic, by the way, <laughs> he's been doing those. He's still doing those dance moves. Yeah. He's still doing them <laughs> 15 years later. Oh man. Um, so, um, let's get, well, let's get, let's start with the charts first. Okay. So, uh, we didn't. We had um, some turnover, I guess, uh, as far as the the charts. Uh, the number one song is still um, "Rockstar" by Post Malone, featuring Twenty One Savage. I think I heard it over the weekend. I didn't really care for it. Uh, it's not a bad song. Um, I think it's just someone, some other sing songy rapper's turn to have yeah. a hit song. Yeah. So uh, it's it's Post Malone's time right now. I don't I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, and I think what's also helping is the publicity that 21 Savage gets from his relationship with Amber Rose. I think it's a little part yeah. of it, a part of he's everywhere. Why, now, the, why the song is so popular right now. Yeah. Um, but Hey, it, you probably got to take it however you can get it <laughs> these at days, this point. Yeah. Honest, you know, um, <clears throat> number two, uh, Bodak Yellow, parenthesis, Money Moves by Cardi B, <laughs> love and hip hop legend. Oh goodness, <laughs> the most the, the most successful person from love and hip hop from that franchise is Cardi B, and Let it only took in. her like two years to do it. <laughs> um, number three, one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five by Logic, featuring Alessia Cara and Khalid. That is the suicide prevention hotline. Uh, number four, feel it still by Portugal, the man. I get the feeling they have one hit wonder written all over them. Portugal, the man. Yeah, I think so. They're well, as far as this chart, yes. Yeah. But as far as like the alt rock charts, the alt rock, yeah. you know, I live in little five <laughs> charts, little five or Athens <laughs> <laughs> or Williamsburg. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they're number four this week. Number five, Thunder by the retired 2K Legends. Now, that's a song I don't care for. Thunder, uh, yeah. I, it, I gave it a listen. It sounds like everything else they've done, so I can't take it serious. It sounds like they just listened to Royals by Lord and <laughs> decided to make a song. Yeah. Um, it should, it, it sounds like it should be on 2K. They just got, they probably just got sick of putting them on there. Yeah. Well, if Drake did the soundtrack, he's like, who are they? <laughs> uh, number six, Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato, as it continues its slow crawl up the charts. Yeah. Number seven, 
jumping into the top 10 this week is Havana by Camila Cabello featuring Young Thug. I haven't heard this song. Nor have I. Um, but if it has Young Thug on it, I can't imagine it's that great. Just going <laughs> to throw that out there. Uh, number eight, uh, Mi Gente by J Balvin and Willie William featuring Beyonce, in which Beyonce does sing in Spanish. Word. Okay. Look at you, girl. Uh, number nine is Too Good at Goodbyes by Sam Smith. So now it enters the top ten. Um, not a bad song. It, and it's up-tempo. I think I mentioned this before. His songs aren't up-tempo. <laughs> a not lot typically, of no. He's are, like an old-school artist. Are like slow in, slow in tempo and then sad in general. Yeah. This is a sad song, but it's at least upbeat least as far as tempo. <laughs> yeah, type your toes, snap your fingers. <laughs> and number 10, his third single to enter the top 10, is Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Uh, I have not heard this song. I've, well, at least not in a while. I think I gave Divide a listen a few months ago. Yeah. Meaning six, seven months ago, <laughs> whenever it came out. Yeah. So I um, don't recall this song, but it's his third top 10 single from the album. Yeah, he's on fire. All right. So that will, that is the top 10 songs. Let's take a look at the top 10 albums. Um, now, with us not doing a show last week, um, there, there was another change from the previous episode, so we'll, we'll at least let you know what the previous uh, position was for them. Debuting at number one is Flicker by Niall Horan. So he's the third member of One Direction to have a number one album. Yeah, they're, <laughs> um, number they're two. Hot, they're hot right now. <laughs> um, I feel like this guy puts out an album every six months. Uh, Super Slimy by Future and Young Thug. So it's a collaboration album. Number three, and this was number one last week, is Beautiful Trauma by Pink. Uh, number four, and last week it was number four, Stony by Post Malone. Debuting at number five, Losing Sleep by Chris Young. Uh, this was number two last week. It fell to number six this week is Mr. Davis by Gucci Mane. Number seven, and it was number six last week, Divide by the most influential artist in black music. That's been there for a, for a while. Yeah. Number eight, debuting at number eight, When Was the Last Time by Darius Rucker. You, you got to call him Hootie. You got to okay. call him Hootie. Hootie. <laughs> uh, number nine, uh, Love is Rage 2 by Lil Uzi Vert. And number 10, and it was number 13 last week. Tell Me You Love Me by Demi Lovato. So those are the top 10 albums for the week. And if my page will refresh here, we'll let you know what the about the artist 100. Um, despite what their qualifications are, if you put out an album, you're going to be... Or if you die. Or, or if you die. Yeah. Hopefully the, um, the latter does not happen, but it is one of the ways to get in there. So that's um, how Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were uh, number one. Were they number one or two? They were number one for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Hopefully no one's publicist is like, so if you want to break this chart, you could die. <laughs> like I hope no one's saying that. Like you could die. It's a surefire way to get up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number one is Niall Horan. 
Uh, he has an album. He's number one. Yeah. Uh, last week, she was number one. This week, number two, Pink. Number three, last week, number three, the most influential artist in black music. Number four, and they were number two last week, the retired 2K Legends. Number five, and she was number six last week, the fake news of pop music. Uh, number six, and he was number four last week, Post Malone. Number seven, and number seven again, Demi Lovato. Number eight, and number eight again, Bruno Mars. Number nine, jumping into the top ten, because he has a new album out, Future. From 58. <laughs> and number ten, Cardi B. Mm-mm-mm. So she got displaced because of Future. That was funny here is that Future is an album with Young Thug. Young Thug is number 11. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so a future Young Thug he sandwich. He could get to the top 10. <laughs> um, where is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? They were number 19 last week, and this week, number 20. Mm. Portugal the Man sitting there at 7. Uh, there's Darius Rucker at 18. Okay. Okay. I guess maybe country fans don't really get on social media like that. Uh, well, la- last week, Gucci was number 5. Mm. with his new album and uh, trying to see if there was any other single digits that kind of fell off Chris Stapleton's trending upwards I'm I'm gonna check out more of his stuff and everywhere else everyone else is where they kind of were before so mm-hmm. so yeah those are the uh, charts there uh, so in music news um, we talk about the Grammys quite a bit um, just because it's kind of like the, it's the way that a lot of artists get validated, whether they deserve it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes or not. Um, and in this case, uh, an interesting case of like you, the artist or their record company or producers or whoever submit the albums to be considered for the Grammys and, um, the ballots have been sent out for people to vote. And then they'll finalize the nominations list. I believe that will be in January. But um, one artist who had a pretty big album this year, Drake, he did not submit more life for Grammy consideration. And that's a that's a big artist. Yeah. (laughs) To not have a grant like that's someone that they're probably I bet they're not happy about that. That's some star power that would be missing from your show. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out what the reason was for um, the the exact reason was for it, you know, kind of just seeing that headline, you know, it's um, I mean, maybe to consider if he was considering like how the Grammy broadcast has treated the rap categories mm-hmm. recently or if he wasn't going to be nominated in categories he thinks he should be. Mm-hmm. Like, should he be considered for R&B categories or just rap categories? Um, so I don't uh, think there's been anything solid. There's some speculation that he might just be doing a silent protest like Frank Ocean did with Blonde. Yeah. Um, maybe Drake is upset with the award show franchise. It says, after all, out of 33 Grammy nominations over his over his near decade tenure in hip hop, he's only won three. I don't know. Because they end the yeah. article by saying... <laughs> This is actually kind of funny. Drake is an artist that has built his his career on caring too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so he also he did not submit anything for the Grammy, so he won't be considered for Song of the Year, Record of the Year, Best Rap Song. Uh, the album More Life was debuted at number one in March on the uh, Billboard 200. It has sold more than two million units. He does describe it more as a mixtape and a playlist rather than an album. Um, but uh, yeah, representatives uh, that did not reveal their name, but they did say that uh, he did not submit um, for any categories. And the recording cap, uh, the recording academy has not um, replied to any requests for comment. So I see something even more interesting here. Um, it says in February, Drake voices his frustrations with the Grammy categorization process in an interview with DJ Simtex, where he divulged that he didn't consider Hotline Bling a rap song, despite winning two Grammys for it, including Best Rap Song and Best Rap Slash Song Collaboration. Um, in the past, Drake has relished. Wait, how is it a rap slug collaboration? It was just him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, I mean, it could. I don't know. Um, oh, God. They're just throwing so much shade. Um, <laughs> in the past, Drake has relished in his musical ambiguity. Ambigu- ah, ambi- I ambiguity. Can't, thank you, because I can't talk today. <laughs> Since the moment 2009 so far gone went from a mixtape to a retail project, he also enjoyed the blurring, li- blurring the lines of what is defined. What defined hip hop specifically? A student of the Kanye West quote "rappers have feelings" school of thought. <laughs> they don't appear to like him very much. Artists like himself and Kid Cudi inserted the emotional element of rap music into the ether, which has dictated much of the present day newcomers' take on hip hop. I'm not gonna lie, Drake does care a lot. Like he. I don't know. Like, I feel like we didn't realize that Kanye West cared a lot until he, until we saw some outbursts. Yeah. Until he came out, like you don't listen to when all falls down came out. I didn't think he was, you know, had feelings. He was just, he was just rapping about really cool things. But like, I feel like from the go, like when I heard him rap over the Kanye West beat, um, on his mix, I can't remember which song he did. It was full. Say of you will fe- say you will. Full of feelings. <laughs> Say what's real was his version. Yeah. It was, I was like, man, this is full of so many feelings. Like, it was really good, but there were a lot of feelings on that song. Um, best I ever, I don't know. Like, it was just very funny. So, um, rappers have feelings. What <laughs> I, in this article I have here, it does say, like many in the hip hop community, including Jay Z and Kanye West, Drake has felt that the Grammys haven't properly rewarded the genre when it comes to the top categories mm-hmm. where rappers are competing with country, pop, and rock performers. A rap song has never won song of the year or record of the year. I think only a few have been nominated. I know like lose yourself, mm-hmm. Jesus walks, um, miss Jackson. Um, and I feel, there, I feel like there's another one out there. I feel like you can't touch this. <laughs> was nominated for song of the year. I would hope not. <laughs> um, but, uh, no rap song has ever won song or record of the year. And only Lauren Hill and Outkast are the only rappers to win Album of the Year. Uh, I think Drake has been nominated once for Album of the Year, mm-hmm. maybe twice. Well, I would say to that, not to go too far into this, but I would say maybe, well, no, because I'm thinking like, what albums would you consider Album of the Year worthy? But we've had some in in, in the past decade, I would say, like maybe the past five to six years. Um, before that, I don't know, like when rap started going through its, its eighties music phase where like 
snap and and crunk and all that stuff like that was kind of like well what what the hell are we supposed to do with this but now that you know you have more serious artists maybe we should get back to doing that to to putting it i don't know maybe the academy's not ready yet <laughs> they're scared uh, they've had almost 30 <laughs> years to get ready like there's been a history of how of some some slights towards the rap categories like um DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince won the first rap Grammy. Yeah. It was not televised. No, yeah, yeah. And there are several years. It's probably been not that that category or any rap category has not been categor has not been televised more years than not. Um and you would only you would see because there are so many categories, mm-hmm. but they only televise certain ones. But ones. it's always the rap categories that get passed over. And, you know, a lot of times I think those are the people that they want to see. I mean, unless someone is contending a rapper that is contending for any of the big four, Mm -hmm. then then it might get televised. Like Mm -hmm. if it's Kendrick Lamar or if it's um, uh, if it's, I don't know, Kanye, (laughs) honestly, Eminem, I think they had performed at the Grammys. We what we saw what happened to rap music in the mid 2000s when like all the really bad rap was taking over. I think that was when they were like, uh, we can't take this genre seriously anymore. And now, you know, four or five years after, later, you start to have serious, like what but I call serious rappers. You still had Jay-Z making music. It was the beginning of Kanye West. Like I don't the, think, it was I don't think they trusted him out. yet. I think around, it was not college dropout was nominated for album of the year though. But I, I think around the time I'm trying to think, what was the one with flashing lights? Was that, that was graduation. graduation? That's 2007. I think that's when they started being, I think that's when people really started to take Kanye seriously. Not to say that he wasn't like good, but like when that album came out, then 808s and heartbreaks. And then, um, well, I think my that's dark, when he started, he started to start experimenting, he started experimenting mm-hmm. and, and kind of maturing as an artist in a way. Um, but college dropout and late registration were both nominated for album of the year and graduation was nominated yeah. for album of the year, which I think was, in my opinion, the best out of all th- of those three. And, but he and he he really he's a guy who who wants to win these awards. Mm-hmm. You know, he's at the Grammy sitting in the front row with his fingers crossed when they're about <laughs> to announce, you know, these uh, these awards. And he didn't win either time. Sorry, you're making me think of Family Guy when they're uh, at the AVNs, the adult the, the adult awards or whatever. And there's like John Williams is nominated for best score. He's got his fingers crossed like this. Sorry, that's all. That's the first thing I saw. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and then you like you've also mentioned Frank Ocean did not submit Blonde mm-hmm. for consideration last year. Uh, Justin Timberlake, um, I, when he with the 2020 experience mm-hmm. wasn't nominated for any of the the well the big three he would have been eligible for. He wasn't um, nominated in any of those categories, so he skipped the show. Um, I wonder why they didn't nominate that. That's weird. Hmm. It was too long. Probably some stupid reason like that. (laughs) Um, Drake has been nominated for 35 Grammys. Uh, What did you have, 33? At 33, yeah. Um, um, Somewhere in there, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, he's won, he won Best Rap Album for Take Care and Best Rap Solo Performance and Best Rap Song for Hotline Bling. Um, 
last year or well, the last ceremony. So he, um, I mean, it, it doesn't, I guess it, uh, the further we go along, it doesn't matter. Mm-mm. The Grammy, it, it would, it can be used to validate someone, but it's then it, used to it doesn't really not getting nominated or not winning doesn't invalidate you. I think that's, that kind of was the, that may have been a, a perspective some people may have had. Yeah. It's not, the Grammys uh, aren't what they used to be. No, because you, 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 you kind of know who's going to win and you kind of get a sense of who the, the Academy likes. Mm-hmm. They really, really like Adele. Yeah. That's one of the reasons and they're going to give her every Grammy they possibly can. They only like, they don't like, they like Beyonce, but not as much as they like Adele. <laughs> that's one of the reasons many years ago. And I don't know if maybe, um, they don't submit their albums, but Maynard of, um, tool, mm-hmm. he has come out, he talked and he, the, basically the same things we're saying, like it's, He's like, it's just a night where the music industry pats itself on the back and he wants nothing to do. Like he won't show up to it. He won't participate in it. I wouldn't be surprised if he does this as well. I didn't know that this was not a thing until recently that I know you could do until, you know, we talked about Frank Ocean doing it. So I wonder if he's probably, you know, made tool in a perfect circle or at least, you know, if they voted for it in a band, you know, in a band sense, he was like, yeah, I don't want to submit. And maybe the rest of them didn't want to either because I've never seen tool or a perfect circle or any group that he's a part of ever be nominated for anything. And critically, you know, tool has been considered, you know, probably one of the better rock bands of the past couple of decades. So I find it hard to believe if they were submitting their stuff, they wouldn't be getting nominated unless his, you know, he probably has the same opinion that in is now, you know, Drake has now come to be like, well, I want to be a part of it. I'll just go home. <laughs> well, I think, I think a part of it also is that, um, like for the who 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 ends up getting nominated, like they're members of the academy. I'm sure Tool is, but they don't have to yeah. submit anything for it. Like you have to, you have to, you know, basically like turning turning yeah. your turning your paper. Um, <laughs> but if you if you don't turn it in, then we we can't consider you for anything. But I think for for guys like him, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter all that much. It's it not doesn't. it's not that important. And there's and and you know who's going to get recognized. Like with last year, we kind of figured Adele was going to win, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, kind of figured it, that Taylor Swift will win something or Ed yeah. Sheeran or yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but you see who gets who else got nominated for album of the year? Like Sturgill Simpson. What he kind of came out of kind of yeah. came out of nowhere. <laughs> and then for a while, you there were a couple of years where somebody won, and. For I know for you and I, we didn't know anyone who had listened to that album. Who had listened to um What Suburbs? Who listened to the Suburbs? <laughs> who had listened to um uh River, the Joni Letters? Who had listened to uh Genius Loves Company? She probably did. She probably did. No. She did. She she listened to Two Against Nature. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say she I know she definitely listened to Two Against Nature. <laughs> um but not a, like I didn't know anyone besides her that had listened to or even heard of Two Against Nature, the album of the year winning. Two well, Against after Nature. after you we play one of their songs from here, I started paying more attention to it. But <laughs> prior to that, no. And I'm I'm a I'm not a huge Steely Dan fan, but I'm a moderate Steely Dan fan. I would have you know. But yeah, I mean, I think to echo just you know their sentiments, it's it's the night that they get the the industry gets full of itself and they pat themselves on the back and. You know, we're going to because I I have thought for a while, you know, even years ago, I refuse to believe that these are the best albums released. There's too much music out there. 
I refuse to believe these are the absolute best albums released of this year. Maybe they're the most popular. And so that's when I had to kind of come to terms with the Grammys are going to be a mix of artistic integrity and popularity. Like I have to be, and I had to be okay with that. And that is one of the reasons I haven't watched the Grammys in years. Like I just, cause it felt to me at a certain point, it started leaning more towards popularity than artistic integrity. When I started looking at some of the people that were walking home with Grammys, like I just didn't understand, like how did, um, how the fuck you not get a Grammy? Like, how did that not get a, like, that's, it had to be, it, that had to like solely be on, we don't want to have to announce the title out yeah. loud. And it was, it was nominated people. It, it was, was nominated for it was song, nominated, of the year, song of the year, record of the year. And it was, I believe it lost out to, um, I need you now <laughs> by Lady Antebellum, if I remember correctly, a good song in its own right, but not as original and as daring and dare I say it's catchy as fuck you, which was a great song, you know? I remember being in Darren's car. He was like, dude, you got to hear this song. It's amazing. <laughs> like that's a, that's a big song to take a risk on, you know? So, but, um, we'll see what, well, I mean, it's, it's too late to submit anything, but, uh, I guess it's not surprising. And I think he probably took his cue, maybe a little from Kanye and a little from Jay-Z. Uh, Jay-Z had been nominated several times, mm-hmm. but because the award wasn't being televised, and then a lot of times he wasn't even winning Yeah, <laughs> that he didn't show up for, I think it was probably a 10 year period that he never went, even when he was nominated. Mm. So, um, kind of like how with, uh, with baseball, with like the, with the hall of fame, like the writers for that, not letting people in, even though they have the numbers, but just because you think they use performance enhancing yeah. drugs, you don't want to vote for them. I don't know if the performance enhancing drug would be in in rap, but <laughs> a I, ghost it's kind of like <laughs> I guess that's your PED. <laughs> but uh, I guess you'd be looking at uh, the like the the voters look at the rap category in a similar in a similar fashion, and. We we just gotta have to wait for those voters to die. I think that's what's gonna happen. If we got we gotta wait for that for the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame. We gotta wait for some of those sports writers to die, so some younger people who don't really care that much yeah. about performance <laughs> drugs. How far did Barry Bonds hit that ball? Let him in. <laughs> <laughs> he hit it into the water. No one else has done that. Is Mark McGuire in the Hall of Fame? No. How far did Mark McGuire hit that ball? <laughs> How far did Jose Canseco? Did did Jose Canseco? He's not in either. Oh, Jesus Christ. That I, I saw a game. I feel like I'm going off topic here. I saw a game with um, Jose Canseco the other day. It was just like some classic game. I was like, good Lord. That man was huge. <laughs> Even for back then, he was still He's big. Giant. He's still big. Yeah. Um, And he was the first player to do the... 40 home runs and 40 steals. Mm-hmm. So he was fast. He had some speed. He was trying to hit the ball. He was trying to hit a home run every time. Yeah. But if he didn't, he could run the bases. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, All right. We'll see what goes on with that. Would that start something as far as, um, would that start something as far as how artists, would they submit for the Grammys? Would they, or would they stop doing it as a form of protest? And, but I think we'll just see, start seeing like the album of the year go to all the old artists. The, the Rolling Stones, they're coming yeah. out with a new album <laughs> that's going to be nominated. Uh, who else is out there? The only thing I Chris wouldn't want this to turn into 
It, yeah, what the hell? I don't know. Whistler? <laughs> the only thing I wouldn't want this to do, and I fear this could happen only because they would miss the star power. I don't want them to pander. So, like, if someone, you know, holds their album out for petty reasons, don't go back and, like, let them walk all over you just because you want the star power. Um, not saying that it's my business or, you know, that I even have a, a say in the fight, but, like, I, I hope that I hope that Drake's not in his feelings. <laughs> I really hope that he's not in his feelings and just like, I don't, cause I, you know, if there's anyone who's going to be in their feelings, it's going to be Drake. So I'm just hoping that's not why he's, you know, I'm not getting what I want. Like, okay. Is there a we bigger cause? We always assume that about him. Yeah. We always assume that about him, that it's, he's in his feelings. He's in his feelings about something. Um, did Rihanna get nominated? Is that why he's, <laughs> How dare you treat Rihanna this way? I am not putting more life in. Like, okay, okay, okay. Rihanna can come too. <laughs> Are they still a thing? Are they? No. They never were a thing, were they? In his head. In, in, only in his head were they a thing. Oh, Drake. <laughs> Drake, Drake, Drake. Um, uh, so the last thing we'll talk about before we get, uh, before we move on here. Um, well, not much to say, really. Uh, love and hip hop legend Cardi B <laughs> and Gwinnett County's own uh, Offset. Is that where he's from? Yeah, they're from Lawrenceville. Oh my, what? No way. Migos is from Lawrenceville? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought I mentioned that to you already. The yeah. hell? They're... Where'd they go to high school? I don't know where they went. Oh school. my God. I'm looking that up. I'm sorry, people <laughs> just look up Lawrenceville on Wikipedia and look at the demographics and you'll get why I'm so shocked. You gotta be kidding me. That's like telling me that like, that's like saying Garth Brooks is from college park. Like, it's just like, it doesn't add up. Like, it's like, it's so weird. Oh God. I, yeah. I'll look that up later. That's funny. But yeah, if you're out there, look that up. Look up Lawrenceville and just don't even read. Just go to demographics and you'll get why there's a look of shock on my face. Is that why they dress so eccentric? <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, man. They must have been like really cool in high school. Like they probably got so much play just because they were like. They were the new. They were the pretty new thing. Yeah. They're like there wasn't much of them around. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh my God. Did you hear Quavo rap? Oh my God. He's so good. He could be famous. <laughs> I, well, I need to look at the demographics here too. Uh, so. Oh, boy. Uh, He's about to read them out loud. <laughs> uh, well, as of 2010, 48% white, 32% black. Is that, is that where the concern was? Yeah. 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 That's it's Lawrenceville is, or 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 is that does that seem too low? The 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 forty eight percent does seem a little low. <laughs> um, I thought it'd be closer to sixty or seventy. To be honest, <laughs> still, of course, I knew it was going to be higher. But you also have to understand too, like this is Black Mecca. Like Atlanta's just where yeah. we go. But like you have to wonder, like what type of black people are they? Like if you're living in Lawrenceville, <laughs> as a matter of fact, what's the median income in Lawrenceville? Um. Median income, forty three thousand. That tells you right. That's all you need to know right there. That's the median. Well, income. for for a household in the city, yeah, 
uh, for a for a family forty eight thousand. Yeah. So they uh upper middle class. Let's just put it that way in Lawrenceville. That's crazy. That is crazy. Therefore, I did not know that. Well, hey, man, congratulations on, on the nuptials. Um, <laughs> so uh, Cardi B from Love and Hip Hop. They weren't together that long, were they? It seemed like it might have been like a few months. Okay, that's what I yeah. thought. Um, let's see if I can pull up their uh, personal life. And which which uh, one of them was not in um, Bad and Bougie? Was it Offset? No. Okay. Uh, Takeoff wasn't on Bad Okay, Bougie. I was like, man, she got... As far as him not being on the song. Yeah. He was still in the video. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was sometime earlier this year that, that uh, they were dating. Okay. So a little less than a year, but yeah. yeah. Um, so he proposed to her during a live performance in Philadelphia. Um... Congratulations to them. I think the weird, the weird, the the thing that's like interesting to me is that, okay, he's twenty five. I think she's twenty three. People will say that's a little young. Mm-hmm. Well, she's also twenty five actually. So that they're still young, to but be they got money. Married. Um, I do wonder a little bit if it's a, if it's some kind of publicity. Oh, I would hope not. Um. Oh, they went to Gwinnett High School. Oh, okay. Yeah, for some reason, this is not working for me, but that's crazy. They went to Gwinnett High School. Okay. I think uh, Quavo had a... He could have gotten a scholarship to play football or basketball. Really now? Yeah. Um, But, uh, I mean, congratulations to them. Yeah. I'm not hating or nothing. (laughs) I think it was just like sudden, like, you know, you don't, you, I guess you don't see, you wouldn't expect that to happen uh, so fast. No. But hey, whatever. Yeah, do you think? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So uh, that'll do it for our music news uh, brought to you by nobody. Yeah. Um, Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) We are still uh, in the works of. Um, uh, of t-shirts. Um, so we'll keep you updated on that once they are ready to be sold and you'll be able to wear them. Be t-shirted. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ben, let's get to your earworm of the week. Alrighty. Um, it is a band called Ultra Spank. <laughs> the name, yeah. They were, um, it was uh they were added on one of my discover playlists. It was, it's a good song. Um it's called Click. No, wait, it was not. It was I found it off of a band that was added. Like I did like a similar artist match and I found them. It's called Click. I thought it was a band I'd heard before, but I I've never heard them before. So All right. So this is um I was trying to uh, well, let me do it. We'll get it to later. So, um, this is Click by Ultra Spake, and we'll be right back.
right, that is Click by Ultra Spink from their album Progress. Progress, I didn't know the name of the name of it. But. Yeah. You can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now, sponsors. And nice. you'll be able to see all of our earworms except for Still no Hot Rod Hearts. Hot Rod Hearts by Robbie Dupree is still not on the list. It is not to come back. Do I have to move to threats? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong um, with this thing? Might need to start calling the office or something. Hmm. Oh, well, I'll have to enlist Matt's help or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we started the program with uh, a live performance. It was uh, his first live performance as a solo artist. Uh, Justin Timberlake performing Like I Love You at the 2002 VMAs. Um, we were freshmen in college at the time. Yes, we were. We were. Shout out to Trent, who was so excited. <laughs> Just so excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. And this was at a time where, you know, when people still bought CDs. Mm -hmm. um, and it was. It was. It was intriguing that like, OK, now. It is not a big deal if you're in a boy band or a girl group or whatever, and then you go solo. Yeah. All five members of One Direction have a solo album coming And they're out. doing just fine. <laughs> and they're doing all right. Yeah. At the time here where you have... Hold on a second. All right. I don't know what's saying. My iPhone storage is full. I'm just streaming video here. <laughs> I don't understand. But anyway, um, at a time where... Boy bands were still the thing to do, mm -hmm. the thing to have, um, you know, making the band <laughs> with O-Town was, I don't know if it was still in the air or, or maybe it had remember. moved over to um, MTV the band, the band yeah. with Diddy, but still to be in a group um, and then to have all this success and then you're going to go solo, you know, you don't see that. Um, I guess it was a different time because of the anticipation of it. Like, yeah. okay, Justin Timberlake's going solo and he was definitely like the, the more, the most popular member of the group. Yeah. The breakout star. Yeah. Even though he wasn't the best singer, but anyway, not even close. <laughs> um, you know, but for him to be the, the, the breakout star of the group and now he's going to go solo. What's his new album going to sound like? You know, is he, trying to mature as an artist who's he going to work with what um is it going to be pop uh you know on NSYNC's last album Celebrity they had some some R&B leanings yeah and I guess you'd say and they worked with R&B and hip hop producers yeah it was to me it was such a big deal as well because you were stepping down from at that point, what had basically been the biggest boy band in the history of pop music. Yeah. Like, you were huge. You had, like, your last album had the second highest one-week sales. And it was second to your own album <laughs> that had just come out previous. So you almost have to think, like, why would you step down? Like, why would you leave that and go out on your own? Um Justified. That's the reason why. Because <laughs> he had it. He is almost like he had an ace in his, you know, in his sleeve. You gotta wonder, you know, but I, I think that's the big part. Like you look at that, like I'm looking here first week sales, 
1.8 million. That's a lot. Well, I guess I'm on the road. Uh, it is, it, uh, it sold, um, <clears throat> uh, it debuted at number two on the charts. What did uh, justified justified, yeah. uh, second to the eight mile soundtrack, <laughs> which is interesting. What a um, time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, I mean it's it was yeah. I mean it and it was it was a pretty good album. Um I guess it was kind of what you would expect from him at the time. I know we've talked about it and I'm sure this will be a future episode because we both like the album Schizophrenic. It was the complete opposite of what his bandmate went to go do. Justin made sure he went the safe route. Yeah, I think with um what you could say with justified is that it was more focused in comparison to schizophrenic with schizophrenic. Um, by name it was, yeah, focused. I mean, <laughs> it was unfocused and he never really found a consistent sound. Yeah. The only consistent thing was him Yeah, with justified. justified. It was more narrow as far as the producers he worked with and recently how it sounded like I, when I looked at the list of producers, there's, there's really only two, <laughs> uh, the Neptunes the Neptunes did uh, one, two, three, six seven songs uh, Timbaland did four yeah. and then what's left over is one by the underdogs um, which include Damon Thomas which is Kim Kardashian's first husband I think hmm. and one by Brian McKnight yeah and Scott Storch on there, but he worked with Timbaland. With Timbaland, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was like um, he <laughs> it was like he went and got. Um, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of saw this. I kind of saw this as the 2011 Miami Heat, yeah, the, for the first year with LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And it was like, okay, your turn. Uh, uh, you shoot the ball, and then the next time <laughs> I'm going to shoot the ball, mm-hmm. and that's what was to have the Neptunes and Timbaland on it because basically the first the first single clearly the Neptunes, yeah. the second single uh, was Timbaland, the third single was the Neptunes, and the fourth <laughs> single was Neptunes. But then like any of the other songs, um, uh, and she said "Take Me Now," which featured Janet Jackson. Yeah. I didn't really notice, but okay. Uh, That's Timbaland. So, um, so I wonder too, whose decision, cause, okay. So you have, of course, you know, the, the quote unquote lead singer of the biggest boy band on the, on on the planet. One of the biggest stars, highly, highly anticipated. No one knows what to think of this. And then you go out and you get Timbaland, hot producer. You go out and get, um, the Neptunes. Who made the decision on the on the lead track? Because ultimately the lead track goes to the Neptunes. Um, who decided on the lead track? You know who decided on getting the clips? I mean, like, uh, well, I think with 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 if you have the Neptunes, and this was kind of at the same time. Well, I guess with the album being made, kind of at the same time where um, the Neptunes had their own label, yeah, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they want to get their artists on there and the clip, this was when the clip, the clips were new at the time. Yeah. They were hot, but they were new. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was, that was kind of like a, 
a deal like, okay, I'll work with you on this, but I want to want you to have these guys on yeah. this track as well. You know, they're from Virginia, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm showing it here. Like, you know, it was the first song they recorded together and it was the first song he recorded for justified. So maybe that, you know, and I think honestly, like, and this is not to rip it. I think it's a very strong lead track. You said, um, you felt that it was better than anything in single it, released. It did. It, <laughs> to me, it sounded like it. Um, it was really, I think it was very well done. I think. And then at that point I knew that, uh, th his album is not going to sound anything like in sync. You can't, it's not going to be in sync at all. Um, yeah. it's, uh, I don't, I want to say it was a make or break thing, but it's either going to be like, uh, this huge breakout, uh, album similar to, um, uh, similar to off the wall yeah, or, well, no, or it, George Michael's faith. So something like that. it definitely had that feel for me. Like he's not going back. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of one of those, I, like I, he's not going like back. You, and at that point, like you forget everything. You, I don't care how many people, you know, or how, uh, or how much you believe in sync is not doing another album mm -mm. ever again. And it did not take, it did not take long for me to realize that <laughs> it didn't take long for me either. It was like when he came with the album and then schizophrenic came out, it was like, if they, if the, if it happens, it's going to be when they're older and they're on one of those nostalgia tours, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. Like, like what, uh, backstreet boys and new kids on the block are on right now. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 not going to happen because you did not soon. have anyone from either one of those groups break out like he did. Nick right. Carter tried and failed, like, but no one broke out like Justin Timberlake did. And kudos, like, props to him. And I guess honestly, one of the reasons we you know we're doing this is because he was just announced as the headliner for the Super Bowl. And I thought it'd be a great idea to talk about his beginnings as a solo artist. And looking back, I, you know, we joked just a moment ago, he's still doing the same dance moves from 15 years ago. <laughs> and you could almost even say that maybe this performance for him was similar to Michael Jackson's performance on the Motown uh, special, 25th anniversary special. Yeah. Whereas, like, no one really knows what to expect. Granted, by then, you know, Michael Jackson had released Off the Wall. He's about to release Thriller. Justin Timberlake, you know, has been a part of a group that arguably that, arguably was bigger than the Jackson Five too. Well, I think what the the thing with it, like the performance itself on the VMAs, is not um, it's not as iconic as no. Motown Twenty Five. It's it, that you know that's not what we're we're, saying. we're aware of yeah. that. Okay, <laughs> but it had the same kind of feel as far as like the anticipation of it mm -hmm. because. Um, I think with Motown 25, we knew Mike, Michael had already gone solo. Yeah. But we hadn't really seen, we hadn't really seen it. Like America really hadn't seen him. Yeah. Like people knew about off the wall, but the, he, I don't think he was being taken as seriously mm -hmm. yet, but this was a time where Motown 25 being on primetime television, mm -hmm. the whole country is watching because it was also at a time and I saw a video like this earlier MTV wasn't playing a whole lot of black artists. Mm -mm. So uh, it was kind of like part of the strategy mm -hmm. to get Thriller off the ground Yeah, is for him to perform a Motown 25 because he's not getting the promotion 
with his music videos that he should be mm-hmm. in a, and, and even though, yeah, the music video was still this new thing at the time, but still, if enough eyes got on it, you can't hold it back then. <laughs> right. So it was part of a strategy to get thriller going to perform on Motown 25. It's on prime time. Everybody in the country or it, it not everybody, but it just feels like everybody yeah. is watching. It was kind of the same thing with Justin Timberlake to, like basically this was a band that uh, that kind of grew up on MTV mm-hmm. as far as they got big through MTV especially yeah. through you know, this was this was right in the prime of TRL mm-hmm. to where every album was the biggest album ever insane <laughs> and Backstreet Boys like were breaking each other's records when they came out with a new album. And then also throw in Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera on that. And Eminem well. for some reason and, and, was and there. And then Eminem was in there. Um, and then a little bit of Destiny's Child. Child. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, and then you have this performance. And then you have this. And it, when it was, it's highly anticipated because mm-hmm. it's like he he's the breakout star and this could fail. We, yeah. and no one knew anything about it. No one knew who he was working with. Um, MTV got news like, oh, he's working on the Neptunes well, on something because they had worked with him, uh, like worked with NSYNC mm-hmm. on Celebrity. But like we, no one knows what it's going to be. Yeah. And like this could be a, uh, this could be a huge failure. Yeah, it could, it could <laughs> be bad. It could suck. It could be bad or, you know, it, it, and if it's just all right, that's then it's kind of still yeah. a failure. Because that's the thing. Like, if you anything less than what NSYNC did would kind of be like, well, why'd you leave? <laughs> like, why'd you bother to leave? So, and it was kind of yeah. like how, um, uh, well, also during our freshman year, Chappelle's show came out. Chappelle show. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but we li- we were in the same dorm. Mm-hmm. I lived on the third floor. You were on the second floor. Mm-hmm. On the third floor, we had all like watched uh, Dave Chappelle's "Killing Him Softly." Oh, I loved that several episode. times. Yeah. <laughs> and he has this TV show, and there's kind of that anticipation there because that special was so great, and we don't know what's going to happen with this TV show. <laughs> and to me, like, and I and I, I would I would say it's it's the greatest sketch on the show was the black white oh the Clayton sketch. Bigsby. That he was came on the out very first hard. episode. He came out hard, like taking no prisoners. Like <laughs> that's the very first episode of that of the show, and it sets the tone for like, yeah, this is what it, you're gonna it's get. A tone for everything else. This is what for you're gonna get. Else. It's the Nigger family. Like that sets the tone. Like he's not afraid to offend anybody. Really, he's like, yeah, no, that set the tone. And uh, in in this regard, the the first single. Or that first performance, you know, if it's a, if it's at the VMAs, which was still a major deal at the time. Yeah, that was. Um, if he's gonna if he's gonna perform there, to where a lot of people are watching, this is all you know. This is pre YouTube. This is pre Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you had so to see it live. They or had to see like it live. Re-run, they re-run would it. replay it yeah. the next day or several times over the next few weeks or whatever. But if you're going, but this is the this was a major moment for him and i i think he he was aware he of that. came he he came yeah. ready 
Like the dance moves were tight. <laughs> and I still remember like watching it and then I, I, I watched it live. I remember the anticipation and I remember like the shock when he brings the clips out. It's like all oh, those dudes that they grinding, like that was, yeah, you know, like you don't expect it. And like they, I thought, I, I felt like everyone rose to rose to the occasion there. I felt like it was a great a great moment in pop music history to see him perform the song. He did it well. You could tell. I felt like there was a little bit of nerves because maybe all right, this is my first time performing without NSYNC. Don't know how people people might not like this song. Like, you know, I don't think the crowd was responding. Like, had that been in sync up there, I think from the, from the get go, everyone be screaming. And I think maybe he's not used to that. Like, oh crap, they're not screaming. All right. They're cheering a little bit, but they're not screaming. Okay. Well, man, I got, I got to win this crowd over. Like that was, that was not like a typical in sync performance would have gone. Like it would have been from start to finish. It would have been screaming, yeah. screaming. More screaming, like the Beatles at Shea and Stadium. It didn't even matter. They're, they 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 didn't even have to be singing. They could just be standing there. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> screaming, screaming, screaming. <laughs> just but, like yeah. But the and and I think what's also part of it is that this is a song no, no one, one had knows. heard before. Yep, no one had no heard one knows it. the song because it was very secretive. Um, in the recording process, like he didn't really let out much about. He did say he wanted more an R&B image. Um, but he didn't really let people know who he's working with. Um, this is of course, you know, in 2000, 2001. So like, um, if something did leak, how would you hear it? The internet's not as big and as accessible as it was back in the day. So like nowadays, you know, stuff is getting leaked back and forth. I mean, hell Chris Brown almost had like two albums worth of material leaked not too long ago. So I can only imagine if he was trying to go about making, um, about making this album nowadays, something would likely be leaked. And if something wasn't leaked, he's going to release a single before he performs it, before he releases the album. Like that's just how things are done. Now things are done very differently back then. You didn't have to release three or four singles before you release an album album. to get, you know, steam, maybe two, but just one. Yeah. Like as a matter of fact, this was released November 5th, 2002. This was released. There was one single. It was released on the 14th of October. Yeah. So less than a month. Like that's almost unheard of nowadays, especially if it's your, like, especially if it's your first foray, because I don't think some people realize like just because you have a ton of NSYNC fans, doesn't mean they're all going to translate and become Justin Timberlake fans. Especially if the music sounds different yeah. than what, you know, they're not, this isn't Max Martin producing yeah. <laughs> Justin Timberlake And it's not even, anymore. and you have to think too, like, this is before Wikipedia. So this is before it's just easy to know that Justin Timberlake is a part of NSYNC. Yeah. You had to be a hardcore fan of NSYNC, a big boy band fan, like casual fans probably didn't know. So like if you were a casual fan who might've been in their thirties, who liked a few NSYNC songs, you might not have known that the little blonde kid up there dancing with the black hat was from NSYNC. You might not know that. So this was a foray into something new. He was a new solo artist. He releases one single before and he doesn't release the other single until the 25th of November. Three weeks after the album yeah. comes out. And, uh, and another thing to consider here is that the successful boy band, uh, you don't get a lot of uh, having someone go solo. It doesn't work out all the time. No. Like we can go back to like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Everyone had some kind of success as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but with the temptations, like not as much. Not yeah, I'm trying as to think. Much. <laughs> David Ruffin had a couple of hits as a solo artist. Dennis Eddie Kendricks. <laughs> Eddie Kendricks has one as uh, like keyboard and truck. It's considered like like the foundation for disco, pretty mm. much. Uh, Dennis Edwards has that one with the, the awful god awful video. video. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want a bad video, don't look any further. But to keep it more <laughs> like closer to when Justin Timberlake debuted as a solo artist. Look at Jordan Knight. One exactly. only one hit. Same thing with uh was it um McIntyre. Is it Joey McIntyre? Joey McIntyre one hit solo. Um I Don, feel like another one of them tried to go solo. I mean Donnie Wahlberg. I think he just he just started acting. Donnie Wahlberg just started acting. Um Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think. I mean Ralph Tresvent one Ralph Tresvent. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. He, he had one good album. Johnny and the second Gale one that we'll two. never hear. <laughs> Living the dream. Well, that, that was the first one. That was the, yeah, the dream. We'll was the never first hear one. it. We'll, we'll never hear never it. Know. We'll never know about that. And then you, hell, you look at you know Nick Lachey from um, from ninety eight degrees. degrees. Yeah. He only had a couple of hits. Like it's very difficult. So what Justin Timberlake has built here is nothing short of amazing. He was able to parlay his success in a boy band, and like he's yet to release a dud. You know from. Justified to future love sex sounds to um, the 2020, 2020 experience. experience like he and I mean, we don't get very many. I mean, like, granted, in 17 years, he's only released three albums. If you think about it, that's kind of crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, he's doing other he's doing other things. He's doing movies, too. Mm-hmm. And I think with um, you can kind of say for 2020 experience, that's a double album. It, well, well, it literally is. Well, all of album. his songs are long enough to be double albums. <laughs> it could be. It could be four albums. <laughs> like if you think, like, like listening to Future Love Sex Sounds and the 2020 Experience, like the songs, they really have to cut out a lot to get them on the radio because, like, what Mirrors is like a seven minute song almost. Yeah. <laughs> and you had a few songs on Justified. There were there were deep cuts that were like that. That were just like, like long R and B songs. And like, make no mistake about it, folks. This is an R&B album, in my opinion, at least. This was an R&B record. I know some people are like, oh, he's a pop star. Well, I mean, this this was an R&B record, in my opinion. Um, I think he had maybe a little too much fun singing Gone. I don't know. I still <laughs> maintain that no one else sung on that song. I still think I think he sung the lead. I think he sung the background vocals. And they were just in the video. I think JC may have sang background <laughs> Or maybe he was like he would say like I was there, yeah. but then his part was taken out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like I go back and listen to like I uh, drive myself crazy, where like out of all people, Chris Kirkpatrick <laughs> sings lead, and you're just I think like Lance, Lance had a lead part on that too. I think or at so. Least a line. I still do, I still don't know what Lance Bass singing sounds like. Yeah, and to me that was like so when I when I hear them and you hear like you know from the self the first album or whatever. And then you hear like later albums, you're like, they were singing less and less. Yeah. They were probably just, I mean, it was probably like, Jackson I, know, I know this comes back to the, <laughs> to Jackson, to Jackson America dream or the new edition story with, with Ralph. He's yeah. in the studio by himself. Everyone else laying is, down is out. He's, yeah. he's laying down all the background vocals too. It was like Chris, crazy. Lance, guys, we just need you for the video. That's all we need you for. Just show up for the That's video. That's how Destiny's Child was recording. Yeah. <laughs> like, I swear, like, Gone sounds like that was maybe, like, a practice run. <laughs> yeah, that was a dry run. Yeah, to see if we could... How would the world... Gone. I don't know. Uh, let me see here. That Which album was that from? 
I think that was from Celebrity. Celebrity. Baby girl, you're gone. Um, no, that's not Phillips Phillips. <laughs> gone in sync. Uh, co-written by Justin Timberlake and Wade Robson. <laughs> the choreographer. The <laughs> Wade Robson? The Wade Robson. Voomp, voomp. Wade Robson. <laughs> so is that, he was in there like giving them dance moves and songs? <laughs> He's like, hey man, I got this really well, killer I, routine. But, but but seriously, that, that explains it right there. He wrote the song. Yeah. He probably recorded it by himself. He's like, well, I'm still part of NSYNC, so... This will be on the on the on the album. Do you think he pulled a Michael Jackson and let Red Wade just proofread it? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey man, I wrote these lyrics. You want to proofread them? Sure, man. I'm trying to figure out. Did has a uh, Wade Robson ever? Um, has he written anything else? <laughs> I that I that's that is so weird. Because he he is he's a choreographer, um, but he's considered a. Uh, a musician too, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know about all that. Yeah, that's really. I'm trying to see now if you wrote anything else on that album. It doesn't look like it. Hmm. But uh, well, anyway. Um, but I think that was. Uh, I think oh, he, he wrote was, pop. He wrote pop as well. Okay, so mm-hmm. he, he's getting those. Um, he's getting checks, those. Man. He's, he's he's getting those residuals right now. Yeah, <laughs> but. He, I, I, but I think that it was, um, <laughs> like you ever watched, what was the name of that show? Uh, the Wade Robson project. I yes. Think? The Wade Robson project. Yes. Um, so yeah, he, um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> go look that up. It's just yes, funny. The Wade it's... Robson project. This, this was basically like, so you think you can dance, but on MTV. And he would like, all right, look at the dance move of the day. Yeah, and he'd have a dance move of the day. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you there's so many kids out there that dance because of that show. (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, But it was like he wrote Gone. Yeah. And I think it was uh, probably contractually obligated to to put that on the album. Like he he probably recorded that song by himself. Yeah, I really think he did. I I think he did. I bet if you looked at the... uh, at the credits, it's probably all him. <laughs> if you look, I don't have the liner notes, but I bet it's just him. Um, uh, um, uh, no, he didn't play. Well, he didn't play all the instruments, but well, no, I, I and I wouldn't think he would. I they mean, they probably have don't trust him. Listed like, I mean, it made it. It would say like who the lead singer is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that. And I mean, it, it doesn't have anybody else li- had the other guys listed as background. Yeah, because they probably didn't sing on it. They weren't there. They weren't in the studio. <laughs> and they're probably like, whatever. We'll ride your coattails, Justin. We'll ride. <laughs> he probably just came in like, oh, I got the, this new song. Uh, it's going to be on the album. Like, oh, okay. You got a demo? Yeah, all right. Let's, let's hear it. Um, a little bit more than a demo. <laughs> this, this isn't a demo. <laughs> this is all you, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. It sounds like it could almost be on the album uh should we put in some background (laughs) vocals yeah sure don't press record (laughs) don't press record (laughs) them jokers out (laughs) and honestly i I, i'm willing to bet like if it didn't get on celebrity it would have made it to justified oh yeah yeah i i think it was on i think even during the making of celebrity 
he was at least like writing down some ideas. Yeah, he was thinking about it. Yeah. Um, he so, probably had people yeah. in his ear saying like, hey, you you know, you could kind of like what um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, you ever thought about going solo? <laughs> probably right around the time that they um, uh, that they did uh, that they performed at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was a cluster. <laughs> with um, with Aerosmith and Britney Spears. Yeah, and and you know what, I think we mentioned this before. We always say, like, oh, it's Aerosmith and Britney Spears and NSYNC. Nelly was there, too. Yeah. But they totally forgot him. People don't mention Nelly. Yeah, Nelly was That was like the... That <laughs> was MTV produced that one. Yeah, that's why it was all over the place. It was just all over. And I feel bad because I do believe that Aerosmith is a band that should play the Super Bowl. But not like that. Like, not like that. It like, was, it was, was better too much. Than, they're better than that. I think that was, like, still riding off the success of uh, um, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, when and, they had their, and their new album. Just Push Play, yeah. Honestly, I think, had it not been for that, when they did bring give it to the old safe people, Aerosmith would have been the old safe people they would have given it to. Yeah. Because Aerosmith still puts on a pretty good show, too. Although they're, or, they're, they're I think, a little I profane. Think, you know, I feel like what may have happened is if the NFL makes this choice or whoever, like, uh, yeah, let's go with Aerosmith. You know, they have that song. You know, they have a couple of other songs. You know, maybe they can bring out Run DMC. Because mm-hmm. they're thinking, you know, safe. Uh, Love in the elevator. Let, Ooh, that's too. Mm, no, 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 we don't talk about that. No, no, James no, got to go. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay, walk, walk this way. It'll be fine. Dude looks like a lady. Uh, no, one, even, no, that's insensitive. They can do walk this way, even though no one knows what the song is actually about. Because <laughs> they, they say it so fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then the mistake they made was letting MTV produce the halftime show. And with this, this is MTV in 2001. We have to get Britney Spears and NSYNC on here Hell, in some kind of way. Show up. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah, they don't have a lot of songs that would go, would go over well. Like, dude looks like a lady. That's insensitive. He can be whatever gender, you know, it wants to be. <laughs> I think we're like, look, we could we could put it together, Errol's, even though, yeah, this has nothing to do with the album, but this is, this is fun. This yeah, is this fun is very funny. <laughs> Let's put together Errol Smith's playlist for the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, Jaded. Jaded would be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. That'd be there. That might be the showstopper right there. That would be in the middle. Yeah. That would kind of be in the middle. It would end with Dream On. Oh, yeah. It's got to end with Dream On. Uh, Walk This Way would be like the second song. I could see them open. Well, what do they open? Well, you know what? I could see them opening with Jaded just because of the way it starts out with the big drums. Yeah, they they could open with Jaded. Um, let me see if there's some. Well, I'm trying to think of some other like appropriate Aerosmith yeah, songs. Yeah, I don't think in, in this day and age, I don't think they do do Looks Like a Lady because no, someone would find that. that offensive. They can't do Love, love, love in an Elevator. elevator. Living, oh. living it up while I'm going down? No. <laughs> If they don't start with Jaded, they start with Sweet Emotion. Ooh, and with the lights, with the light show. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, yeah, I could, I could see that. Maybe um, there's another song they had in the '80s in their in their return. Um, That'd be an interesting band to talk about because they had they definitely had two distinct eras. Yeah, like pre drugs, <laughs> like like post drugs and and drugs like. <laughs> Drugs being everything, like up until like get a grip maybe, and then after that, you know, when they broke up and got back together and and like started working with Desmond Child and 
everything was like pop and start adding in horn sections and pink. They'll play pink. You no, don't think so? They can't do pink. <laughs> they can't do that song. If they if they can do if walk they, this way, if, they can do pink. They can get away with walk this way because the lyrics go by so fast. People don't know the words. The kid in the middle. People don't know the words to walk this way. Oh pink, man, pink is too. They, they can hear everything, and they, if they can't do "Do Looks Like a Lady" or "Love in the Elevator," they can't do pink. I somehow think pink is the worst. So <laughs> that is like the last song they should be doing. I'm trying to think of what. Yeah, I'm trying to. But they do uh, "Dream On." That will be the end. That will be the end. Because you only need play, like five songs for this. They play "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing." Mm-hmm. They play "Jaded," "Sweet Emotion," "Walk This Way." As a matter of fact. With I don't want to miss a thing, bring in the drones. Like, do something with the drones to be in the sky or something. I could totally see that, yeah. Like, have, like, like rockets bursting or whatever. Like, fake a rocket takeoff like in the video. <laughs> and to make it even better, um, David Foster on the keys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bring him out there. Or, or well, no one, no one would know who she was. No, like, they wouldn't bring know. Bring out Diane Warren. Warren. They wouldn't know. Yeah. They'd have to say... Ladies and gentlemen, Diane Warren. Who? She wrote the song. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I don't care anymore. Aerosmith uh, didn't write yeah. it. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess since we're talking about it, and we'll get back to that album. We will. What would Justin Timberlake's? What would, yeah. What's Justin Timberlake's set list? I don't know. It depends on what. He, so if he brings out a live band, because so like to give a disclaimer, his live show has changed. Like, it used to be all performance and dance-based, and now he'll bring out a live band. Like, when he plays Cinderita now, he's playing keyboard on it. So, which era are we... I'm assuming we're going to get the older, more mature Justin to where he wants to actually play with his live band. Will there be some dancing? There will be a little bit. Yeah. But I think he's going to want to... He's going to try to Bruno Mars this thing and show that I can do everything. Because this is his chance. Like, he's been on big stages before... But he's never been on a stage this big as a solo artist. Yeah. And he's going to, I think he's going to take every opportunity to show off. Now, is he going to, you know. And and there's a lot on the line with him. Yeah. Like, he'll be the first person to perform three times. When did he do it the second time? um, The Janet Jackson. Well, no, when was the first time then? When he was with NSYNC. With Britney Spears and Errol Smith. Oh, oh, just talk about that. oh no, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, what happened the year that the boob was he performing by himself? He was performing with Janet Jackson. Oh, I was. He was the special guest. I was Janet out of Jackson. it that year. I was kind of out of it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I missed it. But anyway, <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, he this be this be the third time. This will be the third time. Um, now we can narrow this down for like what safe songs. Um, he's opening with the troll song. You have that to. might be the end. You think so? He might close with that. I don't know. I would maybe close with um, um, you because you got it. You have to end your Super Bowl halftime show with the with the safest, um, most non-threatening song in your. Catalog. So the crowd can hold something up, and the crowd can hold them up. Everyone holding candles or glow sticks. It has to. It has to be the safest song in your catalog. You start with your second safest song, then you end it. Like we talked about, um, we talked about, uh, with Michael Jackson's overall halftime performance. Mm-hmm. I think he started with jam 
Yeah. But he ended with heal the world. <laughs> uh, Prince started with let's go crazy. He ended with purple rank. Yeah. So it's gotta be something like that. Uh, I think Bruno Mars ended with just the way you are. <laughs> so. so let's see, looking at the singles. So like, I love you, cry me a river, rock your body. I think he brings back rock your body. That's a good song. Mm, well, see, he did rock your body with Janet Jackson. Mm, and that was I'm gonna have you naked by the end of this song. And literally, the boob. He did. <laughs> he can't do that song. <laughs> he, I think that's that's out. From Justified, he could probably do "Like I Love You." Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Senorita. Uh, Rock your body is out. Crimea River doesn't fit. He's definitely gonna do Senorita. That's too fun. I think Senorita will probably be. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the only one from Justified that he does. Do you think he brings out NSYNC? I think so. And then if so. so, what do they perform? Uh, it's it's going to be me I can or see Bye that. Bye Bye. It's yeah. got to be one of those to where they had to have the, the Bye 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 movement. Bye Bye Bye. bye. And I, think, I think they do Bye Bye Bye. And, and it's going to be me if they get two songs. Okay. If they get two, it's going to be those two. Not no tearing up my heart. No tearing up. My no one. Heart. No one knows anything from. No one knows about that first album. Oh, they do. They do. We, as a matter of fact, we played that last night. They're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> Justin Timberlake." <laughs> well, not enough people know about it. I That's guess. how big he is. Oh my god, Justin Timberlake. Um, from Future Sex Love Sounds, he can't do "Sexy Back." Why not? That's such a fun song. It's not safe enough. That's such a fun song. It's not safe. You couldn't hear him up there. Just motherfuckers don't know how to act. I could hear him saying that on the. He can't do that. <laughs> he can't do that. Uh, he might do. Um, he might do Love Stoned. I would love to see him do TKO. I really like that song. I know it's not. I don't think, I think it's popular enough, but I like that song. Um, from yeah, for Future Sex Love Sounds, I think he might be. He might do Love Stoned. Yeah, that's about it. Um, you think you do well? What goes around it probably wouldn't fit. No, that wouldn't fit. And then with the 2020 experience, he could do suit and tie. Do you um, think he brings Jay Z out? No, I would. I mean, like he 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 might, but I don't think so. I definitely I I know mirrors is going to be on there. Uh, mirrors, <clears throat> um, take back the night might be on there. Maybe it's a fun upbeat song. Um, yeah, I think, but I think definitely suit and tie would be on in there. Yeah, I wonder would he bring out to try to give him some fame? Chris Stapleton. They performed together at the VMAs, not the VMAs, the CMAs, backstage at the CMAs. I'm just playing, but they. <laughs> He's going to bring out Cowboy Troy instead. Dude, <laughs> what if he brings out Andy Samberg <laughs> and they do some Lonely Island stuff? That would be hell jizzed in my <laughs> They can't do any anything. Of those no, they can't do anything. They can't do any of they those. They can't. I'm trying to think if there's any. No. Mother Lover, maybe? No. That's no, got a nice that's beat. That's never but... happened. No. No, oh, that'd be hilarious. Well, uh, another song he might do uh, because he's tightly featured with Michael Jackson is "Love Never Felt So Good." He might he might put that one in there. Get a hologram. Hey, that's the thing to do. <laughs> it hasn't happened at the Super Bowl yet. Perfect time. 
perfect time. Should he bring out Jimmy Fallon? What would they do with... Oh, they did like a history of rap again. <laughs> They've done like eight eight of those. Hashtag history of rap. <laughs> <laughs> Only if they started it like that. Like, Jimmy, where you at? Hashtag over here. <laughs> I could see that. Hashtag over, hashtag over here where? Hashtag Super Bowl 52. <laughs> I could see that being like the, a video intro into it. Or... He could bring out. Didn't they do a barbershop wait, quartet together? I think so. And <laughs> wait, I need to. If he's if he's doing, um, if this is on NBC, I think he's going to have Jimmy, think Fallon. Jimmy Fallon will be there. And I guess that's kind of the cool thing about someone like Justin Timberlake and his many endeavors. He's made a lot of friends. So like they'll and they'll go to bat because he's and of course like for a lot of them he's more famous. It's on NBC. It's on NBC. We might see. <laughs> we see might Jimmy see Fallon. Fallon. We're going to see Jimmy Fallon. We, we will likely, <laughs> if not on stage, you will see him in some sort of video introduction or yeah. something. Um, he's going to be involved. They're too tight <laughs> for that to not happen. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just I just think it would be so funny to have him to see him bring out Andy Samberg. I know it's not big enough, but to like to be dressed in the in the garb with the <laughs> fake beard and everything. Oh man. Do I know we've been together? <laughs> Such a long, long time. No, it's not gonna happen. Um <sighs> Bring it on down to Footballville. <laughs> bring it on down to Omeletteville. Uh that was a sketch when when just him like oh, was okay. on SNL. <laughs> The Omeletteville sketch. <laughs> I, I, that might like, oh, it might turn into some big SNL sketch. I hope not. But I, I think there'll see, be some parts of it. Some parts of it will be on there. Well, I could see that with Can't Stop the Feeling because in that video, what do you do? Got a bunch of celebrities. Yeah. So I could see him at the end just bring out a bunch of celebrities just to do crazy stuff and take a lot of, take selfies, Snapchat it, get a filter. But what about the kids? Nah. The kids have to hold up the glow sticks and the candles. Yeah, they'll they'll hold up the glow sticks. Or flashlights. Or some sign that says Pepsi. Or glow the dark troll dolls. Is it still the Pepsi halftime show? Um I have no idea. Because, probably. Because probably somehow is. Coke wasn't <laughs> didn't want to sponsor it. Coke wasn't paid all that money. Like, ah, we got we don't have to do that. <laughs> we don't have to do Pepsi things to, to okay, get fame. So let's bring it back <laughs> to this album. <laughs> um all so, right. so, what is your favorite? Itself. What's your favorite song on Justified? Um, my favorite song is actually it was it wasn't a single. Okay, uh, it's called "And She Said Take Me Now," which apparently features Janet Jackson. Play it, play it. Let me see if I remember it. Um, <clears throat> this is a song I heard. My uh, shout out to Nate. My friend Nate had the album, and uh, he played this song a lot. <laughs> I was like, oh, I like I like this song. It was never a single, but I still dig it. And check out that runtime: sixty three minutes and fifteen seconds. That's a long time for an album. You don't really hear a lot of albums that are an hour long. Yeah, most of them they top out at forty five minutes. Because you got to have the the, the radio edit. Mm-hmm. Radio edit. Oh, Is that her? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I always thought that was just some bloke. <laughs> Nice jam. Very funky. Who produced this one? Timbaland. This is Timbaland. And Scott Storch. Yep. This was, what, this is when they were still friends? <laughs> they were still yeah, cool? they were still cool at the time. Before he was just a drummer. What do you call him, a drummer boy? Just a piano man. Just a piano man, yes. Oh, that's an insult. I guess it was meant to be an insult. 
um, and what's funny is that I think it might have been on all of the songs that Timberland produced for Justin Timberlake. Yeah, his voice having his his own like half beatbox <laughs> background <laughs> vocals. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, a huge staple though of what Timberland did in general, though. Yeah, like I remember um, trying to think of what song, even on his like his um, his solo album that he came out with, Shock Value. Yeah. He beatboxes on a lot of it. Which would be an interesting album to discuss because of all of the guests that he had on there. Yeah. I don't like how much credit he gets for Apologize, though. I don't think anyone really? does. You ever talk to Chris about that? <laughs> it, it, it just irks the hell out of him. <laughs> so he ain't do nothing. It's a, er, er, er. Like, that's all he did. And he gets like, oh, that's my single. <laughs> it's like that, um, there's a clip on Family Guy where, um, Brian Cranston. He sneezes and they hand him an Emmy. <laughs> he goes like, "That you, thank you." <laughs> just give him an Emmy. It's just like, yeah, just Tim Lynn just got on there and just said like, eh. he didn't even say words. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he just, eh. like he was trying to get up. And so, but yeah, like he, same thing in Cry Me a River, you know, which was a single. He gets in there, get damages done. Like he just basically throws himself in there. Don't get me wrong, great part of the song, but like, yeah, you're you do make a point that he just throws himself in there. All right, um, so yeah, what's a uh, what's a standout track to you on the album, mm. or favorite, or whatever? I, I hate to be that guy to go with the single, but it's it's Cry Me a River. It is it's that song. So for one, it's just a really good song, and then two, to know who it's about. <laughs> yeah. And then in the video, of course, like the whole video is him sneaking around the house of the woman. Um, you know, as she's, I think she's, she's there in the video. Yeah. He sneaks up to her. Um, of course you have Timbaland sitting in the car, singing his part. Being the getaway driver. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just, it was just a really good song. Like it's just, I used to play this too. Like I used to perform this song. Um, this is next to Like I Love You. Like I Love You, I felt like was the most energetic track, but this was my favorite um, of the entire album. And it's probably the one that I still listen to. I mean, there's a few other deep cuts. I'll like if I'm listening to the album in its entirety or whatever, or like if it starts my Justin Timberlake radio because I've run out of songs or whatever. I like, but this song was just so good. Like it was, yeah. And you started to hear like all of those the 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 trademark Justin Timberlake things, his really good falsetto, like you really start to hear it in the Crimea River part, like it's really good. It's a, it's a fun falsetto to sing too, but yeah, it's like every and oh, Scott Storch is on this one too. He's a writer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's I just love this song. I think the 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 primary melody of this song was written by Scott Storch. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Scott Storch is a very, he's a very, like, as we talked about, he's a very talented writer. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. looking here, so things I didn't even think about, Arabian inspired riffs, Gregorian chants, the, yeah, I, I like that part. At the beginning I love of the song. that. I love it. So, and then of course, he's got his beatbox. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he did that in so many things. Yeah. To me, that's just, when I heard that, I'm like, ah, that's just Timbaland being Timbaland. He likes to beatbox. <laughs> Or use different things for percussion. Yeah. Um, there's this video I saw a while ago of he's in the studio with Busta Rhymes and 
he came up to Timbal and he's like, man, somebody was telling me that you were making a beat using like a paper cup and a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. Uh, so it, like he just you know plays around like that, and then like they were playing around on his like keyboard, and he found something that was programmed into the keyboard. Mm-hmm. And he like one and I this the song was never released, but you saw them like he was trying to write a song like based on that little beat that wow. he that he found in that keyboard that was programmed in there. Now I kinda wanna make a beat with a pencil and a cup. <laughs> I wanna try to see if I can do it. I feel like that's already the cup song though. Oh, I hate that song, but Well maybe they used a paper cup, a pencil, and then they put some effects on it. Yeah, some reverb and a snap and a hand. Like we were talking about with the uh with on rumors where Lindsey Buckingham made a song using like the boxes yeah. of the tissue. Yeah. <laughs> using tissue box. But even this song, like in my in my amateur production that I've done, like I love what he I don't know if it's really a snare if it's just him beatboxing, but like that like I love I love a good Timbaland beat, man. Like it's like they're so good. And then of course at this part when he's walking through the house, oh God, it's just Yeah. And of course, this was a TRL staple. Yeah, like it was. I mean, it, you have two of the biggest stars mm-hmm. ever in the history of the show, and they were dating, <laughs> and then they break up, and then one of them writes a song. Yeah, it was awesome. And he quasi puts her in the video as he's floating through her house, <laughs> like a superhero or something, like Batman. Uh, so, what do you think of? Because you don't you don't see this too much anymore. Um, I guess the only example I could think of really is like someone like Ray Shrimmer, mm-hmm. in which you're working with one producer or primarily one producer. Um, yeah, they definitely built up a relationship. Him and so in this case, he worked with primarily two production teams or you know two producers, however mm-hmm. you want to put it. But what do you think of of that to where it's basically two producers dominate the album? I don't mind it as long as it doesn't sound the same. The only thing, and the one thing kind of about, like, I don't think all of Temp, well, I don't know, because some of him's beats, they share the same similarities, qualities, but he can write different, you know, he can get different songs. Um, and I guess he can sort of say the same thing, only you can definitely tell a Neptune's beat. Yeah. Like, Neptune's beats stand out like, like a like a green shirt, like a lime green <laughs> shirt. Like it just they just stand out. Um, especially with like like I love you. Like you instantly you know. I instantly knew like for real play drums on that. <laughs> for real play drums on that, you know? Um now I will say, to his credit, if it weren't for the drums, I would have never known. Because that acoustic guitar, not very characteristic of, of the Neptunes. But the drums sounded like sound like Pharrell. And then the um, when he's singing, if you give me that chance, that little synth part that comes in behind him, that sounds very much like the Neptunes. Um, but like it's just very different. Like some of the synth, like is that's when it's like when they start using synth, that's in my opinion when they give themselves away, because they they definitely prefer certain synth sounds. Yeah, and I think also that they. Um, it's it's like minimal. Yeah. Oh yeah. They have very minimal. Like this like song is very guitar minimal. and drums. No bassline. And they made a song <laughs> like that. Like know? the bassline doesn't come into the verse. Um, and honestly, you probably could have left it out. <laughs> <laughs> like it just. I mean, like when it comes in. 
Like it, you could have left it out. It's well, it's, like, it's barely there. Yeah, though. but I think it's just to maybe like okay, we got to have something. Mm-hmm. We got to add some kind of base, and record companies worry about that. Yeah. Um, I was reading about a. Uh, uh, probably uh, possibly another future episode, the Fuji to the score. Mm. And when they did uh, Killing Me Softly, and they they talked to some other producers to how to, how you know how would they approach it because they wanted to do they wanted to put a cover song on the album. Yeah. And when they presented the song to the record company, in the second verse, it's just the percussion and yeah. Lauren Hill. Yeah, no bass, <laughs> no instrument, and no, and nothing else. And that was and the record unique. company was like. I don't know about this. <laughs> like, I, th- I think you should you should bring the you know the breast of the instruments back in, and Wyclef refused to do it. <laughs> Good for him because that stands out. Like the yeah. fact that the verses have nothing and it's just her singing makes that song stand out even more, and that's what really separates it from the original. Because like if you listen to the arrangement of the original, like it doesn't even sound right anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't. You know. And then it when sounds he, like there's too much. Yeah, and when he <laughs> brings, and even when he brings in the bass, it's minimal bass, and no other instruments. It's still just drums, bass, and and then background vocals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the same thing here. Like in the verses, there's nothing. Like even right here, no bass. Like it's just like the, they could have totally left it out. <laughs> so yeah, there well, goes that trademark Justin Timberlake falsetto. That like is in like everything. <laughs> Except for Sexy Back, which was actually kind of you know, bold. Like, he didn't do anything. Uh, oh, the clips. So that was... So this was interesting. So Like I was saying to you before we started recording, there weren't a lot of, like, artists like him that were using rappers. So, like, when the clips came out, I remember, like, oh, snap, like, what's... What do you mean introducing, like, the clips? Like, I knew who they were. <laughs> but, like, there's a lot of people, I guess, who did not know who the clips were. And they probably got a lot of, you know... Um, they probably got a lot of shine off of this. Unfortunately, it did not translate into success because after after what Lord willing, like I didn't really hear much else from the clips. Well, until I started hearing my push a T. One of them went. One of them went to uh, find God. <laughs> push a T's out there doing work though. Like I like Pusha T. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, like like this is what we started the show with. This was the first single. Um, do you think it's the it was the, the the best song on the album? No, but it was appropriate. It was appropriate for the first. I would have either gone with this or Senior Rita. Um, but this was definitely like this is the one you could easily like is easily could be played in the clubs. Yeah. And I think that's why they released it. Like it's upbeat. It's got a nice tempo. Probably that feels like maybe ninety five. With it being um, okay, it's the Neptunes' highest production team, mm-hmm. one of the highest production teams at the moment. You have Justin Timberlake. You have the Clips, who like people are still listening to grinding at the time, and you bring them on the so. lunchroom song, yeah, <laughs> lunch table beats. Um, so. Uh, I think it, it all came together to where it was the the right first single. It was the right way for to introduce him as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of do think it sets the tone for the rest of the album, even though it's track number two. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, it's kind of kind of presents that tone for the for the rest of the album, and um, 
what do you think about the song like um because I because you because you mentioned this that he plays keyboards on mm-hmm. Senorita. When he performed it on SNL, he played the keyboards. But I feel like he had like just started playing keyboards. Probably because <laughs> I mean, like he he's the type of writer. He was probably the type of writer back then that didn't play a lot of instruments, or if he did, he kind of played them. Which to me was evident in when I listened to songs he wrote by himself. They weren't as complex in nature. So like another was one song he did a little bit later with um with jc when i guess he was trying to help jc be famous like him and you listen to it and it like it's just not that complex as you would hear like a professional professional songwriter so like that kind of explains why like if you listen and like as a matter of fact play the opening to senorita real quick like that's not a very complex it works for that type of song but like that's not there's nothing you know that's that's the whole song yeah like that's it's really kind of built on a really strong chorus. Like I think the 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 verses aren't the strongest. It's built in my opinion off of that being very catchy and then a really just catchy chorus. Like cuz like to me the verses are very forgettable. This is probably one of my least favorite songs on the album actually cuz I think that the verses are so forgettable. Um it's just like the Senorita I feel for you. Like, this is a very, like, oh, okay, that's a cool, it's you know. A, it's sing-along. It is. It's very sing-along. And then it has that call response at the end. <laughs> so, but yeah, this is one song I never learned the verses to just because I didn't care for them. <laughs> just did not. And ironically, so whenever, I remember the first time I met Kendra's family, they love to do, like, karaoke. Like, and, like, they'll just, like, they just get out their phone or something and put it on a speaker and like get the lyrics video to a song this was the first song they did <laughs> they love her and her brother and sister love Senorita like I swear every time I go to Tuscaloosa I hear it <laughs> that's the only reason I even know it starts out that way okay I love that song But I wonder if he do you have the album notes? I'm gonna look that up to who played keyboard. I'm I bet it was Pharrell. Oh, or maybe Chad. Have. Yeah, he was a writer on it, so yeah. Let's see. Do we have any credits? Not here. Bubba Sparks was on here? I think so, yeah. What song was he on? Uh, he was on uh, Right For Me. It's, I don't remember. Uh, it doesn't have the uh, specific tracks in which anyone played keyboards. Yeah. Or it might have been Omar Edwards who was listed here as playing keyboards. So it might have been him. Yeah. But when I saw it on SNL, Justin Timberlake was playing it. Yeah. And when I saw his what the concert video that he did from New York... I think it was Madison Square Garden on HBO. He was playing. He was sitting there playing keyboard on several songs. Um, I think even to the end of time, he played on that. He played on that one too. I don't know if Beyonce came out or not, but yeah. Uh, just to um, <clears throat> and bring this like towards the present, um, he didn't work with the Neptunes anymore after this. Yeah, I think he probably felt that he had. He just clicked better with the Timberland. And honestly, we didn't see him really go back to 
he went back to Max Martin towards, you know, towards the end of his career. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with this latest track. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the song now. Can't stop the feeling. Yes. Can't stop the feeling. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, he did not work with them anymore. And I don't know why, because I thought they did very well. Um, but maybe he just felt, just he felt Timbaland got him, you know? Because, I mean, your next album is Future Love Sex Sounds. And our Future Sex Love Sounds, I keep reversing that. Um, and everything was Timbaland except for Damn Girl, which was Will I Am. Yeah. But, and another song all over again, which is Rick Rubin. And I might say that, like, maybe his strongest record, Future Sex Love Sounds. Did I say it right this time? Future Sex Love Sounds, I did. Probably his strongest album. Um, but I don't know, like, it's just, but I, I feel like his strongest album, but my, not his most accessible album. I think even though it was mostly R&B, Justify was a little bit more accessible. Um future sex love sound that's kind of you know he started experimenting a little bit more you know we talked about those the longer songs like i'm looking here at love stone slash i think she knows it's a seven minute song seven minutes it's two seconds. songs it's two yeah songs, then when it goes around comes around seven and a half minutes <laughs> damn girl five minutes five minutes 12 seconds summer love six and a half like he starts you know this one clocks in at 66 minutes he beat it by three minutes <laughs> and then i think with 2020 experience um I don't know. I think everything was like seven minutes long. Yeah, everything was like the longest song you've ever heard. <laughs> now I'm curious. I got to see how long this clock's in. At. <laughs> I, I bet it pushes 70. Oh my God. 70 minutes and one second. <laughs> he had an. Mirrors, the full version of Mirrors was eight minutes. <laughs> and yeah, and Tim Mosley, Timbaland for the uninitiated yeah. <laughs> um, is everywhere. That's funny because they don't have Timbaland on this one. They have Timothy Mosley. Maybe he want to be taken seriously. <laughs> um, and with this, uh, Justin and Pharrell, are, no Pharrell was not a kid. He is a vampire. Oh God. <laughs> he is a vamp. He's almost 50. He's Jeez. a vampire. <laughs> that's more than black don't crack. That's more like black don't move. Like that's all. <laughs> like just black. It's black. Black it's stays. Stay right there <laughs> where it is. It's going to be like that all the time. Vampire. <laughs> um, Sucks blood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And so I, I do wonder why he doesn't, why he did not work with them anymore. Cause it was obviously a fruitful experience, but I mean, he just didn't want to do it anymore. Um. So, uh, or how do we know? Maybe the Neptunes didn't want to work with them anymore. I, it might have been a scheduling thing. You know, that's uh, the first some reasons. That's why uh, some actors and directors don't necessarily work together. Or actors who they should work together and they try to, but they just get offered different things at different times. So mm -hmm. it may have been something like that. But um, maybe if I had prepped more, I would have figured out why. But. That's on me. Well, that's just that's not something we thought about, though. I mean, I never well, thought yeah. about that. I, I thought I thought I thought about it before, like a long time ago. You remember mm -hmm. before we we um, we considered this as a topic. Yeah. But I did notice that, like, he had success with Pharrell, but mm -hmm. his last two albums is Timbaland. All Timbaland. So what happened there to where um, they're not working together anymore? I imagine it's a comfort thing, kind of like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. With Janet Jackson, it's it's you know me, you know maybe but, he felt, but they had 
He did seven songs. Well, I imagine though, like maybe I, he felt most comfortable on the songs that Timbaland did. Although I feel I, like they, I felt like the Neptunes really understood his range. I think they really, now understood that I think it. about it because the Neptune sound is so distinctive. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he may have, he felt he could have done more expanded more with Timbaland rather than with the Neptunes? Maybe. I mean, sometimes I do think that, um, because if you, Timbaland if you listen to Pharrell's, if you listen to Pharrell's girl, mm-hmm. it sounds like <laughs> Neptunes still, it's still a good album, but well, I feel like NARD like takes Neptunes. more chances than the Neptunes. If that makes sense. I feel like they will, they'll do a little bit more than the Neptunes will do. And maybe it's because they're like, well, we know it works as far as being successful. So we're going to keep doing it. But I feel like on NERD albums, like she wants to move. Neptune's never produced anything like that. <laughs> maybe they never did anything like that with quest love on the drums and Lenny Kravitz on guitar. See, I think that was part of it. They had someone else playing drums. Yeah. <laughs> than Pharrell. So, like, you have to wonder, like, maybe it was, you know, NERD. Oh, yeah, we'll experiment as much as we want. But with the Neptunes, you know, people come to us for the Neptune sound. You know, that's what we're going to give them. By darn it, you know, like, that's what they do. Whereas, <laughs> like, you know, um, Timbaland somehow just seemed to always adapt. Like, a Timbaland beat 20 years ago. Does not sound like a Timbaland beat now, but you still know it's Timbaland. Even if no one told you <laughs> it was Timbaland, you would still know, oh, that's Tim Mosley. <laughs> that's the Mosley boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So looking at the uh, awards that were won here, um, uh, well, the Gr- Grammy Awards, it was nominated for our Best Rap Song Collaboration. There's that album. There's that award again. <laughs> I think it was the first of its kind. No, it was the second of its kind. Uh, it lost out to Dilemma by Nelly and Kelly Rowland. <laughs> um, it was also nominated for. Uh, okay, that was for that was for that's an in sync one. It was nominated for album of the year. And let's see how that did. Album. Best pop vocal yes. album of the year. It lost to Outcast. Speaker box a little below. Okay, that's also right. nominated with uh, "Under Construction" by Missy Elliott, "Fallen" by Evanescence, and "Elephant" by The White Stripes. I have to wonder how how Justin Justin sounded then if Timbaland brought in Missy because they say that their their styles are so tight that you get them mixed up. Mm, I don't know. Like they, they're similar, but what if Missy got a hold of Justified? I think it sound weird. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I love Missy to death. I think it would sound weird. I think there would be um, more gibberish as hooks. <laughs> it's a kisser, whistle, whistle, kisser, whistle, kisser, my kisser, <laughs> my girl. <laughs> but I, I think it would sound borderline weird. What like, she got from? Double Dutch bus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it would just sound weird, um, because she has that, like, yet yeah, their styles are similar, but she's quirkier than Timbaland. Like where Timbaland's like, all right, let's bring this back to the mainstream. <laughs> she's like, nah. <laughs> she's like, nah. Let's 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 reverse this. 
Like, should she reverse that? Like, flip it back and reverse it? Is your with the way they have the, She just reverses it. So, yeah, you're right. There would be gibberish for the hooks. <laughs> Crimea River would be reversed somehow. <laughs> um, for the best rap song performance or collaboration, which it didn't win for, uh, also nominated with it was Fat Joe featuring Ashanti for What's Love. Ooh. Forgot uh, about that. Uh, ja Rule featuring Ashanti for Always on Time. And Nappy Roots featuring Anthony Hamilton for Poe Folks. Oh, wow. This is this is the, the time that we we're in when Justified came oh, out. Oh, God. Um, it was nominated for... Oh, my goodness. Some of those songs. Yeah. Always on time. <laughs> um, best male pop vocal performance. It did win for Crimea River. And who did it beat? You know... um. I feel like Ashanti and Ja Rule worked together so much back then. They could have been a group. Yeah. Like, they could have been Ashanti and Ja Rule. Like, just... <laughs> that could have been a thing. Um, okay, one for best male pop vocal for it. It beat Any Road by George Harrison. So when it went solo. Uh, mm-hmm. Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Michael McDonald. So when it went solo. <laughs> Send Your Love by Sting. So when it went solo. <laughs> and Keep Me In Your Heart by Warren Zevon. So when And it won for best pop vocal album. Um, and it beat Christina Aguilera, uh, stripped. They went on tour together when the, uh, their albums came out. George Harrison's brainwashed. Um, Annie Lennox's bear and mm. Michael McDonald's Motown. Yeah. The, that was the famously that they played in the 40 year old version <laughs> over and over. I'm a yamble burn this place. down. <laughs> I'm mentioning this because Greg dressed as a character from or he, uh, smart, smart tech, tech employee. Yes. I work in the stock room. <laughs> I sell uh, VCRs and blank CDs. And he's going to yamo burn this place. <laughs> this place to the ground. You play that song one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's, that was. So he won uh, two Grammys off of that. Um, but what do you think as far as like the, the, Introducing Justin Timberlake as a solo artist, um, how would you rate this debut? Or what what would you think is like the, the um, what should people remember about it? Or if people are listening to it for the first time, excuse me, uh, start someone's with, listening for the first time, what would, um, what would people consider? Start with like, I love you. Um, so just skip track one. <laughs> eventually well, go back to it go yeah but start with start like with i love you <laughs> just because it's to me it kind of lets you know this is what the album's gonna be um and then just listen to it you know understand that the songs are gonna be a little bit longer because some of these songs i don't think like the singles were the singles they were written to be the singles everything else i don't think he planned on releasing more than four singles from this album I just don't think he did. I mean, I think it was a time where four was enough. Yeah, no, four definitely was enough. Because if you go forward, he was eating off of 2020 for like two years, just spacing them out, <laughs> at least another <laughs> single. Um, and so for me, I would say, you know, start with Like I Love You and go from there. Listen to Senorita, maybe close it out with that. Um, I think the, the the track with Brian McKnight, who honestly, I think if Brian McKnight wasn't writing for... Um, for Justin Timberlake, he would have been writing for Brian Luttrell. Both of them, I think, were heavily inspired by him. I think we even found, back when I was living with Trent, we found a version of One Last Cry by Brian mm. Luttrell. 
So definitely some influence there. So not surprised that he probably went out and sought out Brian McKnight to get a song. Or maybe he saw it in a catalog. I don't know. But since they wrote it together, he probably sought about to write something together. Um, and, and I just, I mean, just understand some of it will sound dated. Like some of the R&B songs are going to sound a little dated. And that's okay. This was a good era of R&B. <laughs> it, it, it was 2002. It was 2002. Yeah. It was, and that's a good era of r Like some, there's some pretty good R&B coming out at the time in 2002. So, I mean, it's not like that's a, that's a, you know, a slam against this album. But just understand it's, you know, it's a 15-year-old album, <laughs> you know, and it sounds like a 15-year-old album. I, well, I would say the only songs that don't sound 15 years old are the ones by the Neptunes. Yeah. I think those, and that's just because um, I, somehow they see the future. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it, it, it seems like as if their songs kind of don't age. They don't. And it's probably because they don't fall into um, pop norms. So like you listen to like, you listen to grinding grinding sounds like it could have come out last week Yeah, because it does not, it does not fall into any sort of like, and then you would think that is, Oh, that's um, to where how rap is, is so localized as far as sound. Mm -hmm. You can't, you might not know where the clips are from if you didn't know. Already. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> if they like, didn't say it in their song, but like Senorita sounds like it could have been released, you know, a, a few months ago. Like it, it's just, you know, so, um, although, and yeah, Rock Your Body, which is what I know we haven't talked about, but that's one song I really like. Um, nice little dance track. I didn't like it at first until I really paid attention to, attention to the bridge. I really wonder what happened to that girl, that song on the bridge. Uh, Vanessa Marquez. Yeah. Um, she had a song. She was supposed to be like, you know, that, that first female artist on the new label. Mm -hmm. She never came out with an album. Oh, um, but she did the, she used the, the female voice on that song. And she also had a song on, uh, the Neptunes presents clones. Okay. Like their, their compilation in celebration of their new label, but it hadn't, uh, she never came out with an album. Yeah. Uh, so, or there was one to where I don't, did she come out with an album? Um, yes, she did, but it, the singles didn't, they weren't successful at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, I mean, it's kind of like <laughs> that was a hit song with someone we don't really know a whole lot about. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how with um, what we talked about, Bad, yeah. Just Can't Stop Loving You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows about Cedar Garrett? <laughs> Not a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to add about the album? Mm. I wonder how much more credit Scott Storch should get for Crimea River. <laughs> maybe well, you're right. Maybe he it, did write the melody. Or is, is it said that he wrote the melody for Crimea River? I just think he did because like the, just the way he writes, if it's mm -hmm. like, uh, um, consider like an intricate or kind of a catchy, it's not like like always a, a normal piano melody mm -mm. when it comes to Scott Storch. I love his I love the voicing of his chords. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 like that to mm -hmm. where it like kind of jumps out at you to yeah. where I think he that he wrote that part. As a matter <laughs> of fact, much. I will tell people listen to and I, I don't normally do this. Me myself and I. When when I found out that was a Scott Storch song, I was like, that makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> that makes all the sense in the world. Like the way he voices his chords. 
you can tell he he's not somebody who just like picked up piano to write on it like me. He actually, you know, came up playing piano. I only picked up piano to play for girls. They made me learn it as a music minor, music major, but I, I girls. Only reason why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I anyway, make, I make no apologies. <laughs> no apologies. All right. So um, that'll do it for our discussion on Justin Timberlake's Justified. We do recommend checking it out. Um, if you're not familiar with Justin Timberlake or just to see uh, or just to hear the Neptunes mm-hmm. and the and Timberland working with an artist um, and kind of introduce like this is bringing he got the big guns for his first album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. These are the big guns at the time, like how Johnny Gill for his first breakout album for his self-titled he got Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. <laughs> okay. Bobby Brown for don't be well for King of stage. He had a uh, writer from cameo. I can't remember his name. I think it was Tommy Jenkins or it may have been the, uh, not Larry Blackman, but the third member I know, <laughs> but, um, he had them, but then for Adobe cruel, he got baby face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was a guy getting, and you know, with, uh, Michael Jackson off the wall in thriller, he had Quincy Jones. Mm-hmm, yeah. So this is a guy doing his first solo album, getting the big guns. Well, he came out there acting like Michael Jackson probably took his, uh, took his, <laughs> his cues from like, well, go big or go home. <laughs> this is my Motown 25. Yeah. MTV. I will say too, well, he came out like you get it. <laughs> he came out like dancing real hard. Like he was he had that hat on. I swear I felt he had a glove on too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was he was but then again, like who hasn't as a young pop star tried to be Michael Jackson? From Chris Brown to Neo to Justin Timberlake to the guy who won the costume contest at my job today. Yeah. <laughs> like every, they've all <laughs> tried Michael Jackson. They've all tried to be Michael Jackson. Some people might even um, accuse Bruno Mars. Of, I think Bruno Mars is just trying to be whoever he can be. I don't think he's trying to be Michael Jackson. He's just he's being whoever. Yeah. Whatever sounds good at the time. Like sometimes he's Prince. Whatever he might be listening to. Sometimes he's Michael Jackson. Sometimes, sometimes he's the police. police. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's Billy Joel. Or, yeah. You know. Just the way you are? Oh, that's totally Billy Joel. <laughs> I could totally hear Billy Joel. Or, um, well, with his last album, he was listening to... Bobby Brown and, mm-hmm. and New Edition and, mm-hmm. and Guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Versace on the yeah. floor sounds like a Johnny Gill throwaway track. I could hear I could hear Johnny Gill like singing Versace on the floor. Yeah. And like killing it. Especially that part where he gets really high. He struggled. Johnny Gill would be like, man, what you talking That's- about? <laughs> Light work. That's, That's light another work day at the office for Johnny Gill, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Right, so that will do for our uh, discussion on Justified. Um, again, we recommend checking it out. Um, so we'll get to my earworm of the week. Uh, this is their second appearance uh, on our list. Uh, you might have to go all the way back to actually our first episode. <laughs> <laughs> all the way back to our first episode. Uh, this is a group called They. Oh, I remember that. Um, and I said that uh, this group was like Ray Schremer with, um, 
I know, I know I compared them to that. They're like more, I guess, more laid back. Mm-hmm. I thought I saw Ray Shrimmer as um, a really energetic mm-hmm. duo. I thought these guys were more laid back. Um, they're kind of even right now. <laughs> but uh, this one, um, a song from their album, New Religion, Hyena. And it's a song called Dante's Creek. And when you hear the first lyric, you'll know why it's called Dante's Creek. Oh, goodness. (laughs) And I thought that was really funny. So uh, we'll play that. This is Dante's Creek by They. And we'll be right back. Creek by they from their album New Religion Hyena. <laughs> like I said, Paula Cole, where are you? <laughs> where have you gone, Paula Cole? You said, Where have all the cowboys gone? Where have all the Paulas gone? <laughs> where have all the Paula Coles gone? Someone was Paula Bunyan. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, Paula B. Oh, and she was in a lumberjack. I was like, oh, Okay, Paula Bunyan. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. It was interesting. Um, yeah. Side note, we need to find more uh, female, black female cartoon characters. They need to be more created or more found because I saw a lot of Susie from Rugrats oh. on Instagram. I was like, is she the only one? Well, there's the Proud <laughs> Family. I've seen, I've seen on on Instagram and stuff like the Proud Family. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know what? They're probably proud family last year. Probably, <laughs> probably. So, uh, isn't there a, like a black Powerpuff Girl now? I don't know. I feel like I saw that somewhere. But yeah, there there needs to be more. Um, 
Like, went Susie from Rugrats? Hey, somebody could dress up as Static Shock's sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, gotta get away, gotta get away. Uh, gotta get, uh, gotta get. Uh, well, Ben, since we're at the end of the program, tell us where we can be found. Find us at... The Trap. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going down. No, for real. Um, by the time you hear this.com, please go on there, listen to our, our stuff. You can listen to it from the site or you can, you know, listen to it on the go. I'll tell you how to get there in a second. But, you know, leave us a comment. Talk to us. Stuff like that. Um, you can find us on Facebook at By the Time You Hear This. Uh, Facebook.com slash By the Time You Hear This. Um, and if you want to find us on Instagram, which is a little bit stylish, more sleek, um, you can find us at By the Time You Hear This, spelled with the letter U, because we're upstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not under indictment. <laughs> Shame. Not yet, but um, on a scale of one to ten, his seat's probably a six. His seat's probably a six in heat. It's it's is getting. As a matter of fact, I saw not to get too political. Um, apparently, he said, um, um, "Show no mercy on the people that they're arresting. Um, hit them over the head if you have to." And it was a political comment where he's a comic where he's saying that. And then him and his like people put helmets on. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but I digress. Um, the spelling of the website is with the word you, Y-O-U. Um, and the same spelling um, of the Instagram page for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can find us on Podomatic, iTunes podcast um, player, Apple podcast player. Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Apple Pod. If I still used it, I got that really stupid message that tells me you're driving. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to turn that off because yeah, there's a way to turn it off. I, I don't got- mind people calling me. I don't get a whole lot of calls or texts while I drive. I thought so- I was like, "Damn, Greg got that thing on." All right, whatever. I think it turned on automatically. And yeah, turned- and then I did it the update today, and then it turned back on. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you can find us on Google play, on Google play music. So that's the orange thing to go find us. Castbox, tune in radio, auto radio, satchel podcast player. Um, plenty of places to come find us or any, as he said, any, um, podcast aggregate program or application, as you like to call it. Castbox being one of those, I think is auto radio one of those as well. Uh, no, auto radio is not. So, but Castbox Castbox is, is, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's more of those sorts of things out there. So yeah, check us out. All right. So that will do it for our program. And we're going to end it with the, uh, the only single we didn't play. Talk to um, me, boy. I was going to ask about the timeline on the t-shirts. Uh, don't exactly have a, a, a time for it. Um, but the guy who's making them, I will get some information from him about that. Uh, he's had to design for only a week. So, (laughs) so, um, find out, um, find that out before our next episode. Cool. All right. So we're going to end the show with, uh, the, the the controversial song that was performed at the Super Bowl. Uh, And mm-hmm. he he can't perform it, man. He cannot perform that song of the Super Bowl. He's got to have he's got to have a Daniel Tosh type web redemption. It's got to be a web <laughs> redemption, and like only do it with Jimmy Fallon. And they show him up to the Super Bowl preparing, like, all right, Justin, do this, not this. <laughs> <laughs>
And then he's like, I think I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So this is uh, Rock Your Body by Justin Timberlake from Justified. Thank you, everyone, for watching and for listening. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace.